I'm sitting here thinking I'm going to say something exciting. I'm not. <laughs> I'm too distracted by whether my dress um, fits I like me that properly dress. or not. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen it well before. It's, nice. it's a Bali dress. I got it when I went to Bali. It's very useful. In fact, that? that's I the necklace even... I got you for Christmas. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Hello. Hello and welcome to the Respectfully Podcast. I'm Lauren Stowe. And I'm Nikki Pope, and we are waiting patiently for our guest to arrive. Ooh. He is Patrick Cameron. Hey. You say that as though you weren't expecting him, Lauren. I didn't tell you he was coming. <laughs> I was just trying to build a bit of uh, you know. a suspense. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> the so Patrick Cameron is extremely well known globally, for sure, as an educator. He's a long hair expert. He has been a fantastic host for many a glorious hairdressing event um he champions freelance hairdressing he travels extensively but i know he's been in lockdown here in london hence we can get hold of him for this podcast and i think he's got some very uh, interesting views on how the pandemic lockdown has is forcing us to reshape the hairdressing industry and he's had a big rethink about his next direction so let's see if we can get him to reveal on the on the show much for joining us patrick oh it's an absolute pleasure to be with you girls today so thank you so much for asking me that's nice to see you and where are we speaking to you from because we're we're recording uh, this in the lockdown time now often or mostly we would have guests to the house and make you have cups of tea and and eat homemade cakes with us so (laughs) well so i've really missed out haven't i you have a bit so we'll have to put Um, you in for a second visit at some point (laughs) you know it's quite funny because i think so many people always ask me where are you where are you patrick because of course they know that i travel so intensively Uh, i also have uh three homes so you know i jump around between them but i'm in london london's my principal home this is where we live and uh london is where where we chose to do lockdown and this was where we were going to be and uh, this made sense for us to be in London even though London's had quite a bad rap really but you know this is where we wanted to be. Well yes I mean it's kind of interesting because you are um, from New Zealand. That's correct that's right and I've got a home in New Zealand we've got a home there so we built a home a beautiful grand designs glass box on the sea and the whole thing but you know uh, we've got friends family there a lot of amazing people we've been going there for a for the last 20 years, really. And my husband and I, he, he, adores, he adores it out there. He's Canadian. and um, But really, you know, when this was all starting to kick off, we thought, where do we want to be? And it made sense for us to be here in London because, of course, we've got our, not our biological family, but our logical family. Our yeah. logical family oh, nice, is very here. nice, like that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. That's good. Yeah, well, you know, and I think for our logical family, we wanted to be here. We wanted to make sure that we were part of of what was going on yeah absolutely that makes sense so where's your where's your third home i'm intrigued spain in spain oh, lovely. so we have an apartment in spain in Sitges, just near barcelona and oh, and that pretty much gives us guaranteed sunshine as you know old blighty doesn't always push, well, the, no. push no. the weather <laughs> so it's really just an apartment we have a, a home in new zealand a home here and then an apartment that we can escape to to get a bit of sun that's right on the med so that's lovely oh, that sounds and delightful. to just kind of set the scene i'm aware i think you arrived in london gosh about 40 years ago is it more than 40 years uh, no it's actually no 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 it's not 40 years uh, 1987 so almost 34 years ago okay 
Um, so yes, it feels like it, it feels like a lifetime. I mean, I've been here yeah. much. I, the bizarre thing is, I've been here more in the United Kingdom than I've been in New Zealand, because I was twenty seven when I left uh, New Zealand, and uh, yeah, now we're sort of coming up to I think thirty four years, thirty three, thirty four years. So wow. a long time. And do you yeah. think you'll stay over this part of the world? Or do you at some point in the future think, well, you know, when we come to, you know, the retirement phase, yeah. that might be... Well, we've, we've got a vision. We'd, we'd like to spend a lot more time over there and having built our home and having friends and family there. So that's very much part of our trajectory. That's where we're heading. Uh, but at the moment... You know, uh, guys, this has been such an unusual time. I mean, I thought my career was all but down the pan, to be absolutely honest <laughs> with you. Because, I mean, hey, hold on. I mean, I travel the world. I'm yeah. on an aeroplane X amount of times a month. I'm going from country to country. I'm doing huge shows or events or whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, the end of January, that all stopped. And long, it stopped long before the hairdressers stopped. So all yeah. of a sudden, I could, I could see the red flags coming as we were flying back uh, to the United Kingdom. And um, so really, you know, this has been a very, 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 and we'll talk more about this, yeah. exciting time for me. There we go. You weren't expecting oh, that no. word out my so, mouth. Well, I was going to say... Exciting. As you were talking, I was thinking, so how, where have you travelled in your sort of mental journey then? So you started off thinking, that's it, it's kind of over. And has that then, is that becoming a sort of bit of a mixed blessing? Has it forced you to reconsider? Has it thrown up new opportunities then? Nikki, you know, I, I think often I'm an enigma in the hairdressing industry. I am. And I often think, and I think, I think you'll probably agree with me, I have, this, I have this sort of persona of everybody thinking I'm a legend or that I'm a, <laughs> you know, or that I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, 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 a whatever I've got no idea where they put me but I'm never put in with the great the great grouping of the British hairdressing fraternity I seem to be always <laughs> exalted somewhere into some bizarre far off flung <laughs> position and um and you know all the hairdressers know me obviously not only here in the UK but globally so when this sort of hit it was kind of starting to think well what does this mean to me and um and then I sort of started really looking about who I am as a person. What's my brand? Who am I? Yeah. You know, and I really started to go on that journey about, about what, who is Patrick Cameron? What's the brand? What's its um, IP? What, what, what do people expect? What do people want? And I started to realize that, and this is something that really came to me towards the probably mid last year, is I have become part of people's life story right. everywhere in the world somewhere there's a Patrick Cameron story and that story may be as simple as I saw his book uh, I saw a DVD I saw a video I saw a show I saw a seminar um, I, my grandmother saw him my grandma my mother and my grandmother love him or whatever so yeah. I've been part of this global dialogue for so many years probably near on 28 years that I had to start thinking about what does that dialogue, what does that um, legacy look like? What can I raise from the ashes of not being able to go anywhere and do? And how can I reinvent, if I wanted to reinvent, um, how can I reinvent myself and my team that is still exciting and fun? So yeah. that's what I did. That's what I started my journey. So that's what started really as lockdown came in. Wow, that's really interesting because I think, do you think, just before we sort of go forward, just to sort of mull over a little bit of what you've said there, do you think that one of the reasons that you elude 
categorization or you elude is because I, in my experience I've never really associated you with salon based hairdressing I've never known yes. you be with a salon yeah. um but you're not a session stylist so no. it's almost as if we only understand you either a one or the other well, or, or well, you're a is. freelancer and I yeah. although I know you have championed freelancing and you've been incredibly supportive of the freelance movement Correct. to me I recognize you as an educator and yeah. then really becoming an educator but also a presenter I mean I think yeah. your relationship I think you you're such a big personality as well like, <laughs> that's what I think of when I think of you though <laughs> yeah. well, I think I, we've all got Patrick Cameron stories and one of mine involves Mickey Mouse but we can come back to that later <laughs> I, I want to hear that one. Actually, I normally have that photo somewhere around. You were like, anyway. do you know, I was trying, Patrick and I shared a photo and I was trying to find my copy before I came on to see you. We we turned up to uh, Paul Edmonds' birthday party. That's right. And Paul, managed yeah. to get in the lift on the wrong floor and come out of the wrong floor at this particular hotel. Instead of finding Paul Edmonds' birthday party, we found ourselves at a Disney party. And it only, <laughs> it only really... We only really clicked when we when somebody said, "Would we like our pictures taken with Mickey Mouse?" That's <laughs> so, right. That's so we right. did. So we were presented <laughs> with a photograph of ourselves with Mickey Mouse, which Patrick then duly turned into a birthday card for Paul, who we did actually <laughs> oh, then find. We did actually find his party. So that was very funny. But, oh um, yes, that's great memories, and I've got that. I normally have that photo very close around here. I don't know where oh, it's gone to. It's great. That's, that's funny. But yeah, so with it, I mean, your relationship with, and you, you've got a very long relationship with Weller. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, yeah, I mean, just going back to your categorization of me, it, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it's been a very unusual road because at the end of the day, I didn't come through the Sassoon or the Tony and Guy or the Trevor Sorby or the Jennifer Chains, you know, those those big names that we, we associate with stars in our industry. And I didn't come through any of that. And I think... You're right about the personality, uh, Lauren saying that that big personality, and I think that's what really started to happen for me. And um, and and I think really trying to find that category for who I am is complicated. And even down to the British Hairdressing Awards, there is no category. There's never been a category for someone like me. It doesn't no. exist. It absolutely doesn't exist. And yet I'm one of the most well-known hairdressers in the globe. And yet I have a, a massively successful business. And yet I have one of the biggest online education platforms in the world. And yet, you know, we can add all these things on and yet I still don't fit into the demographic. Do you think you were ahead of the curve, really? Because in a way, we are now perhaps finding more people able to have these sort of careers that you've described yeah. because you don't have to rely on a salon or a company. You can promote yourself. You can yeah. build something. So perhaps what you're saying as your experience of the previous sort of 20, 30 years might resonate with somebody now who is in their 20s, mm -hmm. you know, sort of thinking, well, actually, I don't. No, I, Nikki, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think I think I was. I think I've been for many, many years ahead of the curve. And I think also too, not only that, but we've, we've been a small boat. You know, I have a very loyal team. Uh, there's four four people in my team counting me. So we've been a very loyal bait that, boat that's been able to turn with the tides and against the waves. And yeah. so consequently, we've been able to reinvent and redo and reinvent and redo. And so I think, I think that that's, that sort of solidarity that my little team have, which is very similar, and why I relate so much to the freelance hairdressers, is I've been very much that sort of person as well, out there on my own, really. Yeah, yeah. So mm. can you share with us your 
your plans yet. Yeah, the grand reveal. The um, grand yeah, reveal. Are we ready for a reveal or is it yeah. okay, we okay. too okay. soon? So, so here we go. So Patrick Cameron, the wheels fall off. Let's just recount. Let's go back 10 weeks or eight weeks and the wheels fall off. And, you know, and I'm going to say this honestly, we've all had our wheels fall off, you know, and I, do, and I challenge anybody who hasn't had a Terry day or who hasn't had a day where they felt like the big black dog sitting on their back. Um, and I think for me, it was, it was really starting to think about that brand. Who am I as a person? Now, bear in mind, over the last four years, three, four years, we've had an e-learning platform where I've updated and I've put all our education up there. Every year, we launch a collection. I've had 28 collections over 28 years. All of that work is on my e-learning platform. So we've never really invested huge amounts of time uh, promoting it and massaging it and putting some life into it. So yeah. I, de I decided, you know what, why don't we uh, really start focusing on that? And I'm going to do a live television show. And I've decided I'm going to do a live Facebook and Instagram television show every week at 10.30. I'm going to go online and I'm going to be there. Um, we started off with, um, I think we were really happy. We got a, a, a couple of hundred people that watched it. And we, we had a reach of, I think, probably about four or five hundred, which was amazing. Mm. Monday, we've just done our last show Monday, and I have a reach of over 200,000 now. Wow. Well 200,000. Wow. Our wow. Instagram has gone from before lockdown. Uh, we were lucky if we had... 60 people on it. We've now got close to 50,000. Um, our YouTube channel is just starting. I've just got a fantastic new concept for a new for my, a new YouTube uh, event that I'm going to be doing. And we're starting our very first webinars, uh, which start in June, on the 8th of June. Yeah. So we're, go so we're going to start on all of that. So yeah, it, it, it's really interesting. We've, we've kind of grabbed everything and ran with it. Yeah, yeah, because you're so well-placed. So let's talk about the live. So what makes it exciting to do a live thing? So at the moment, everybody's doing live things. So if you think okay. about a TV show, so if, let's take the TV show concepts because I think it's yeah. important to put it in the context of how you're going to do it. So clearly you could record a TV show and you can do a live TV show and you can do some pre-records. What brings, what excites you about doing the live? Well, I think, first of all, I was very lucky to have a studio in my house. I was very lucky to have a television studio in my house. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, no, because you think about it. I'm always doing my own education. I mean, I've been editing yeah. and photographing and doing my own education for years. And so I had all the equipment. I had my lighting. I had my wall. I had uh, everything in there. I had a space that I could do it in our home. And so straight away, I had the ability to be able to not broadcast from my kitchen, not broadcast in a very dodgy way from my living room. I was able to go straight away into something that sounded and looked professional. Yeah. And and I think that's what people have really taken on board. Yeah. Uh, the difference is for me now is uh, I love live because I get a lot of feedback. I get uh, countries from like Argentina, India, Brazil, huge amounts from the United Kingdom and all over the world. And they message in the whole time. So while I'm working, I've got my husband who is reading out the messages, taking notes, doing the whole thing. Um, I've got my artistic director, Marco Irby, who's in his social bubble, and he's uh, emailing loads of links, doing lots of things going on. Susan Callahan, my business partner, she's overseeing everything. Marco Everard, my merchandise manager, he's sending links in for things that need to be done. So it's very much a little production now. Yeah. 
Excellent. Because I think um, it's interesting, isn't it? So we've had nine weeks of this experience in the UK um, lockdown. And I'm fascinated by how a lot of the things being put out, even on TV, haven't improved. And I think yeah. that that's yeah. one of the, th- you know, it's fascinating, isn't it? Why, why there are still, um, you know, celebrities being interviewed in their homes who haven't been taught or advised how to place a screen. So they're yeah. actually, you know, they're not yeah. looking up their nose or something. Well, and that's it. I mean, when, and when you look at what's going out there and there's some fantastic things going out there, but you're busy looking at the decor of the person's home. Yeah. You're busy yeah. looking at everything around, you know, or the, the, the echo or whatever. So, What's really interesting, guys, uh, Nikki and Lauren, I, I think that, and, and I think you'll understand this, we're transitioning at the moment. We're transitioning into a into a whole new education system. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the difference, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use something very black and white here. This is the difference from going from a stage where it's a three-dimensional event, it's a three-dimensional education experience where no matter what your personality is, people had everything to look at. They could look around the model, at the model, they could see you, they could feel the whole experience. To a two-dimensional experience, which is just front camera. That's what we've got, a front camera. So what we're doing is we're literally going from talk from from silent movies to talkies that's yeah. that's the extent or from black and white to color we're doing a massive transition yeah and people have to get on board if they want to harness this new concept of education yeah. because do you think it will st- stay like that once the lockdown is over then as yep, well absolutely do you think people totally will... totally yeah. Totally, totally. Um, I mean, you've only got to speak to the big companies like L'Oreal, Weller, Swatchkoff, all the big companies like that. They know that they can't get crowds and they know that they can't. It's very hard to open up studios now where they social distance and put just a few people in and so on. So all of these big companies now are looking at their social. They're all looking at their platforms. They're all looking at uh, how they can get their messages out in a whole new way. So I think what people are going to start getting used to once they get used to the concept and they are getting used to the concept, is uh, the production value has to go up. Yeah. We've, you've, got, you've got to look at how you present yourself, yeah, how you absolutely. present your mannequin while we're in lockdown or indeed model when we come out of lockdown. So it's very much a two-dimensional thing. They've got to remember that the lens on the camera is the eye of the customer. Yeah. You know, and this is what they have to, and I'm continuously well, think, I... moving my models around. Yeah. They, I mean, they need to be putting some budget behind all of these yeah. ideas and yeah. the just a little not not life. huge yeah, no, not no, huge not, lauren yeah, just a little there's lot there's lots on amazon that's available you know lighting rigs and things like that that you can do sound and sounds always a bit harder but mm. backgrounds and so on you know there are things that you could do i think someone really if they were really into this could probably set up their nice little studio space probably mm. f- i would say for about 180 couple of hundred quid you yeah. could get yourself yeah. but if this is your what you're going to do you need to do it yeah, and to and to tr- educate yourself. You have quite a global view, as we've talked about where you come from. We've talked about mm. the fact you have homes in different places. You you have even your family um, includes different nationalities. Yeah, that's right. So what? how do you think the world... Do you think we're going to come together more? Or do you think actually once this sort of experience settles down... I mean, coronavirus is a global experience, but we are all experiencing it differently depending on yes. where we are and what our personal yeah. circumstances are. Yeah. For hairdressing, do you think that there are general moves such as the online education that will make the world smaller? The fact that you have all these people from different countries? Or do you think that once people are back in salons, it'll force us back into our time zones and so on? 
Oh, I, I think I think as we we're forced more back into our salons again, or we want to return to our salons again, uh, I, I think there will be a, a sense of uh, people people's time. I think people have got they've, they've reevaluated what does their time mean now. I think yeah. you know they've loved their time with their family, they've loved their time off. Never has a government said, for God's sake, relax, go back, watch Netflix, and we'll give you eight weeks off or ten weeks <laughs> off. It's never yeah. gonna and it's never gonna happen again, really. No, so I, I think I think this has been a time for resetting resetting and and so consequently i think that people want education at at their fingertips and so hence why i think webinars and and this this virtual way of learning is going to become more and more popular uh, don't get me wrong i'm not saying that it replaces the physical uh the physical of learning the physical of showing the physical of doing we still need that but i think in general inspiration inspiring updating refreshing is all going to come from a virtual reality you know it's interesting my husband's a lawyer and he's often said you know, if there was a webinar, if there was a system where I could get education from Eton or from Harvard or from Oxford, yeah. why would I want to go to my local comprehensive if I could go there? Yeah. And I yeah. think and I think this is what's going to happen. I think more and more we're going to start seeing bigger names, uh, uh, valuable names coming through that people are going to want to hook into and they're going to want to follow uh, that story and they're going to want to be yeah. part of that picture. From a personal point of view then, because obviously you're used to, like you were saying, travelling around and you've yeah. got such a big personality. If you're, once we come out of lockdown and coronavirus, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen, but how will you deal with that personally for your for your own self because obviously you're used to being around people and instead yeah. of doing things over you know um, I think I think I'm transitioning too. I, I think I'm quite happy not to get on a plane, Lauren. I'm, I'm quite really? happy. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I, I honestly I think it's retirement by trap door. <laughs> I, you know, I think um, I do. I, I think it is. You know, I, I wanted to, I want a different life. Why can't yeah. I have a different life? No, you know? absolutely. And, and and I want that different life. And I think that different life for me is 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 looking at the overall brand of who I am yeah. and and looking at that virtual way that I educate I'm enjoying it people are, are enjoying it I'm getting a great following and yeah. um and I think why not keep on going and yeah. and yeah, perhaps so if I do go out to do the events now I will go out to do the big events like I have done in the past, mm -hmm. but those that, that those sort of events where I might fly out to a country for a day back again or two days here back again and then yeah. all this sort of thing where I'm doing sort of seminars or educational forums, I'm hoping that eventually I will be able to do this on webinars and I'm hoping eventually that I might be in New Zealand and you won't know where I am. I might be in Spain yeah, and you true. might not know where I am. Yeah. So I... I want at this stage of my life to turn my life into something that I want and not something that I have to do. Yeah. I'm thinking about this opportunity for people to be their own brands and to deliver education in different ways and to not be reliant perhaps on the big money of, of the big names. Do you think that that might shift a little bit? I think our industry is in for a big change. I think everything's changing. Honestly, if I'm really honest with you, you know, from, from the years that I've been going, which have been just magical and amazing, to the years ahead, I see the blur between consumer and professional. There's a blur. There's going to be a more of a blur. I see there's going to be more of a blur between the way companies and huge companies uh, perceive consumer and professional. And um, 
I, don't get me wrong, I fly the flag for professional every mm. step of the way. Yeah. But I, I can see when you look at these huge corporations now and we look at what's going on, I think things are changing. So things, I mean, and this is a word I hate. I, can I tell you one of the words I hate the most? Well, it's two words. Two words I hate the most. Social influencer. Yeah. It drives me insane. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason and the reason why this name drives me insane is because often the social influencers are vacuous with very little behind them. Now don't get now don't get me wrong. You've got amazing uh, people who are social influencers like Sophia Hilton and and people like that who are incredible. But they have a backstory. They have yeah. a quality. They have something about them. What I'm hoping is that this vacuous sort of social influencer that's just in for the free gimmies and the gifts and the whole thing and is just sitting on on in their bedroom in their jammies talking about something. I hope this goes the way of. Uh, you know the the way of God knows what because really, um, I think big companies now are going to be relying more heavily on hairdressers who have a much stronger social platform presence, yeah, which is what it should have been all along. I mean, you know, hairdressers are influenced by hairdressers; they're not generally influenced by other things. So, I think um, I really hope that the ha- I think this is a real opportunity for hairdressers to take back the 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 balance of power, if you like, and to direct where our own industry goes. I think. I think so. And I think I think also, too, uh, the great thing about the industry is never before has the consumer felt such a need for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we have we've been out of their lives for eight for eight, ten weeks. Um, they need us back. And I think that there's a value to that. There's a value to that, that people perceive us. And I'm hoping that the industry will feel that wave of goodwill coming back into us again. You know, it was interesting at the very beginning of the pandemic, I, I sort of said hairdressing was going to be the first to come out and all this. And I think in many countries, it has been some of the first uh, to come back in. But of course, here in this country, we're tied in with retail and that hairdressing and retail are yeah. together. It's a little bit like going back to hairdressing college. Catering and hairdressing were always lumped together. I yeah. don't know how that worked. Perm, perm yeah. solution and sausage rolls. I'm never quite sure how that worked. No, but, but it, it is. I think it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, there is an anxiety for our, our fear, our position on sort of respect um, and the respectfully podcast is that we are just concerned that in delaying the opening of salons and not putting enough thought into helping salons open, it's driving this wave of interest in freelance or not freelance mm. that's unfair to freelancers but in home hairdressing and people having their hair done in their gardens in places mm. which aren't safe and mm. i think that that's the anxiety i would like salons well to, the, to the interesting thing the interesting thing is there nikki is that they are safe they're saying now all all of the new things coming through are saying open spaces open spaces get out into open spaces you're such you're much safer in an open space than you are in, yeah. a, in an enclosed space so you know, I, I think we've, we've seen a real drive towards the Freelance Hairdressing Association. And I think now we are an industry. I mean, the figures were in before uh, before the pandemic. We were an industry. We, we are a hairdressing industry of over 60 percent are freelance hairdressers. Yeah. So 60 yeah. percent. And I'm sure it's a higher number now. Yeah. That's a massive number. 
And so one of the key things, and I've been a great patron of the freelancers, mostly for the fact that I believe they can be as professional as we can be in the salon. Now, mm -hmm. I don't take the salon away because the salon's an important community hub. It's yeah. an important space that we should, we should maintain at all costs. But at the same time, there are a lot of young kids out there that can't afford the overheads. It's a new mentality. It's a new wave of people yeah. coming through our industry that are going, hey, hold on a minute. I don't want to be told what to do. I want the freedom. I want this and I want that. It's an I want uh, world out yeah. there. And uh, consequently, I want to go freelance because I can feel uh, I'm in control of what I want. And so that's why the freelance is growing so strongly. Yeah. And where do you stand these days on the um, state registration, the, the idea of being regulated in, in some way? Where, where, where's your thinking oh, these days? You know, I've, I've always uh, loved that. Uh, you know, I, I would, I honestly, Nikki, in my heart, if I could wave a wand, I would want everybody registered yeah. because it's all about maintaining a quality. It's maintaining a standard. And if we all become state registered, it means that that qualification means something. You know, it means that you've achieved this, 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 and this, and, and it's yeah most simplest forms and here's our state registration and here's our piece of paper and we are a trade that uh, we can be absolutely proud of not yeah. that we're not proud of it without it but no yeah. but I, it, well I think that certainly I'm with you um, and, yeah, I agree. and I think our experience of this of this year would have been different in the UK had mm. we had that in place I think we would have found ourselves you know with a more cohesive voice yeah and I mean we do we, we do have great people like Keith Conniford and people like that that are fighting the great yeah. fight for us in Parliament and yeah. you know they're doing amazing things but you're right I, I think more unified a, a more unified voice would have been a very nice thing yeah describe your profession now to somebody outside in view of what you're you're now planning to do will you are you an educator first will you be a, a broadcaster what will you my darling I will always <laughs> be an educator first okay. I, it's in my blood if you cut my veins education would flow out um i adore educating i am a hairdresser's hairdresser i am your hairdresser and that's truly who i am i inspire hairdressers all over the world and so i'm proud of that i'm proud of the fact that i'm very much an educator i'm an educator i have a personality i i am a presenter i host one of the biggest hair shows in the world of course i host and i do but my first love is always the advancement and the success of a hairdresser. That's my first passion. So whether I'm presenting, whether I'm doing whatever it is, I am hoping at every step of the way, young hairdressers, hairdressers who've been hairdressing for a long time, always look at me as someone who is inspirational, who has taken hairdressing from here to there. And if I can do it, they can do it. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so oh, much. That's a nice way to finish. That's a <laughs> lovely way to finish. I really hope that, well, I hope that now with your new, um, your new direction and your, the, the intention to perhaps be um, in, in, based in London more, we can catch hold of you in person. Oh, it'd be, yeah, it'd be lovely. And can in. I just tell you, I, I love your magazine. Uh, your magazines. Yeah, I, I love everything you. you've been doing, Nikki. I think uh, you've been flying the flag for a long time for our industry. And um, I think the quality of what you do, the magazines and so on, is just beautiful. So oh, more, you. no, 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 it's true. It's true. <laughs> I think what's lovely is it, it gives people an opportunity to be able to really look at the icons, to look at people, to look at what people are doing. And I think this, this positivity of connection is really, really important. Good. Thank you very much. Oh, oh that's really nice to hear. <laughs>
so much, Patrick. It's, it's been great talking to I you. I know, it's very infectious, your positivity. Yeah. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to have a good afternoon. Yeah. Good. I please. Thank you very much for, to Patrick for joining us for Respectfully Podcast. I hope you liked listening. And if you'd like to listen to any more of our wonderful podcasts, you can visit them, uh, find them even at um, respectyou.me. Um, and please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes because that will move us up the charts. Yes, hop over and give us a little star rating or a little comment and drop us a note and an email, actually, if you've got any ideas of who you'd like us to talk to in future. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.